0: All right. Well, today I'm here with Bruce Party, and I'm so happy to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me.
1: Oh, thank you, Leslie. Thanks for the invitation. Pleasure.
0: Wonderful. And um, for anybody who's not familiar with your work, would you mind just giving an introduction for yourself?
1: Sure. Yes, I- I'm I'm the executive director of uh, Rights Probe, which is a I suppose I would call it a, a law and liberty think tank, uh, a division of the Energy Probe Research Foundation based in Toronto. And I'm a, a law professor at Queen's University. Have been for many, many years, and um, I've been working in the area of what the hell is going on, and it's a big question: how we got to the place that we're at now in so many different ways. And there are lots of causes. I think we can point to some of them, probably more important than others. But uh, there's a there's it's a it's a really difficult. Um, thing to get one's head around. And that's more or less what I've been spending my time doing.
0: Uh, Well, that's exactly what I wanted to talk with you about. And I'm I'm, one of the things that I really like about um, what I've seen of your work is that you're tying, you're drawing the connections between the critical theory and the COVID overreach. And and it seems like in my experience, there's almost two camps. These are almost two separate issues for a lot of people. Some people are seeing the the, the CRT and the gender ideology as one thing, and they're concerned about that, but they're totally not questioning anything when it comes to COVID and then vice versa. But the people who are not, it's not on their radar what's happening in schools and with critical theory, but they're very concerned about COVID mandates. And, and I, I have seen this as a part of the same form. This is all coming in together and it's all this nonsensical, what the heck is going on with our culture? And I like how you're able to speak to this. And and I'm really interested in, in your thoughts on that and why people are are not able to see that big picture.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. All these things, and the two things you've mentioned in particular, COVID and the transgender uh, stuff, uh, for for me are part and parcel of the same phenomenon. And I think you're absolutely right that a lot of people don't see it that way, at least at first. I've met a lot of people who who come around to that view that actually, OK, maybe, 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 maybe they are, but they didn't see it that way at the beginning. And there are still lots of people who don't who who have resistance to to that view. Um, but perhaps I'll start with with these with what I call the the four doctrines of the apocalypse and critical theory that you mentioned. A- and in, in a way, a lot of this can be laid at the feet of the universities. Um there's an old, there's an old joke sometimes attributed to Henry Kissinger, although that's someone in question, but the, the joke goes, university politics are so vicious precisely because there's so little at stake.
2: Mm.
1: Now that's only a little funny if it's true. It turns out that it's not true at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, the, 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 what happened in the ivory tower, most people thought, over time, that you know what, just just a bunch of you know intellectual eggheads and lead mm-hmm. them to their thing, and you know they won't do any harm. Just leave them cloistered in their in their in their buildings, and but the crazy ideas escaped,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and one of those crazy ideas is critical theory. Critical theory is essentially an academic doctrine, although not even a doctrine now, more like an agenda or a program. But the doctrine, the critical theory doctrine, was essentially a. A neo-Marxist theory that 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 had its origins in uh, in Germany between the two world wars, and a bunch of scholars got together essentially to to investigate why Marxism wasn't catching on in the West, and uh, from from those beginnings, it you know uh, traversed the the, uh, the the Atlantic and uh, ended up in the states and and uh, on the continent as well, and made its way through basically all the disciplines starting with sociology and linguistics and those kinds of disciplines and to the professional schools like teachers colleges and law schools now and and in the in the present day um it's final conquest basically is underway in the in the sciences engineering medical schools and so on mm-hmm. and it's a it's a neo marxist theory now that the critical theorists wouldn't probably many of them wouldn't like that characterization but it's neo marxist in the sense that it's anti-Western. Mm-hmm. It's an anti-Western doctrine or program that basically says that that Western civilization is is wrong. It's evil, and uh, it needs to be undermined. The institutions need to be infiltrated, and we need to overcome the ideas upon which Western civilization are based. And those ideas, of course, um, many of them come from the Enlightenment. You know, reason, observation, um, self uh, self direction. Uh, Debate, open uh, free speech, open inquiry and even reason itself. Those things and people who people who are Western. Have difficulty understanding how you can reject those things because their brains are built on them. Now, how can you how can you Mm -hmm, reject reason? mm -hmm. Because that's the way you think. But nevertheless, that that is the agenda. It's an anti-Western doctrine and And it's, you know, critical theory itself, it's the label. Now, I should say this for for your listeners. Um, Critical theory is not to be confused with critical thinking. Mm -hmm. People often make that connection because they both have the word critical in them. But critical theory is not critical thinking. In fact, if you critically think about critical theory, you are breaking the rules. The rules are you go along with the premises Mm -hmm. and the premises are that western civilization is wrong and evil based upon power relationships there's nothing in civilization nothing in society other than power relationships and the way in which critical theory and its offshoots and the 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 four doctrines critical theory postmodernism critical race theory and social justice and there are others but those are the main ones i think
0: so will you say those four again
1: yes For- critical theory okay postmodernism mhm which is not is not exactly a direct offshoot of critical theory it's related uh and they they lean on each other but it's not it's not directly um uh, the, the lineage is not direct but critical theory postmodernism critical race theory which emerged in the uh, American legal academy in the late 20th century and social justice which i'm mm-hmm. sure most people are familiar with and they're all variations on each other and mm-hmm. and and very closely related uh but Because
0: I've been summing this all up as critical social justice theory, but you're saying that these are all.
1: That's not inappropriate. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Uh and so critical theory is this umbrella, Uh this sort of scholarly umbrella under which an awful lot of this uh, is found. And, you know, to tell a straight story, I mean, this is not all coherent. If you Uh look at all the the literature on this, on this stuff, Uh it goes all over the place and it's, Uh it's, Self-contradictory, and the scholars disagree, and it's hard to make sense of, and it's verbose and mm-hmm. incomprehensible sometimes. So it's it's not neat; it's not easily encapsulated. And whatever you say is going to be contradicted by somebody who's in the field who knows better than that. And to be truthful, there's an awful lot. I mean, it's, it's voluminous, and it tends to be incoherent and sometimes impenetrable. So it's very difficult to distill into uh, a, a very you know sort of small. Or, 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 distinctly stated conclusion, but nevertheless, it it does, and it's at least in its modern incarnation, stand for these propositions that are having sort of civilizational effects.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you sort of have to go along with the idea that we're we're summarizing it and making it probably simpler than it really is, but it's also elusive. I mean, I've de- mm-hmm. I've described it as one of those things that you know when you it's like trying to staple jelly to a wall. It just won't. Stays still long enough to actually allow its practitioners to uh, to 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 identify what it actually is. But nevertheless, it has these features and it is it is is having this role on our culture. And mm-hmm. I think it's fair to uh, to call it out for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And and do you see? And it, well, I guess there's so many questions that I have for you based on just what you said there. One of the things I guess an offshoot I could I could I'm curious about the idea of postmodernism. And so, so with postmodernism, I feel like it's kind of the water that we're swimming in, in a way, and it's sort of hard to, it's hard to undergird a lot of our defenses of Western culture with, considering that we have this, this sort of postmodern thinking where there's everything's relative. So how do you defend Sure. certain things without where where do you get a solid footing if you're not using religion or or tradition as a, a reason in and of itself for why things are good?
1: Good question. Great question. It's a question, I think, that. Is the question that that lies between the conservatives and the classical liberals? Mm-hmm. Uh, for, so postmodernism is 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 basically this proposition that that there is no such thing as objective truth. Truth is relative. Truth is uh, is socially contingent, and and you know I think there's some validity to that because if you get right down to nitty gritty, even the scientific method. You no, know, you, you 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 know you drop a hammer, mm-hmm. and it falls to the earth, and you see it drop, mm-hmm. and so you know it dropped, and that's objective truth. Except that there's no way to prove that what you perceived through your sense of sight is actually real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So in, in, a, in a literal sense, it's not possible to prove that your senses is a, are a window onto the real world without using your senses to prove it. And therefore, mm-hmm. it's circular, and therefore, you mm-hmm. can't do it, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, and I don't have any doubt that the hammer fell to the earth. But nevertheless, it's a bit of a difficult proposition to insist that there is objective truth if you can't prove what it is.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And so the irony for postmodernism, for my money, is this: the postmodernists who insist that truth is relative, they ought to be libertarians, mm-hmm. because the 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 logical conclusion of that theory is, well, if everything is relative, then everybody has to decide for themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're not libertarians. Instead, they're over here with the with the critical theorists and the progressives. Uh insisting, and here's the catch. After after insisting that truth is relative, then the social justice warriors and the critical theorists, after embracing that postmodernist idea, then say, oh, and by the way, you will use my pronouns because I am a woman. Uh Uh As though they've just forgotten that you just said the truth is relative and everybody can make it up for themselves. Yeah, that's. So it's, it's yeah. inconsistency as opposed to mm-hmm. a problem with the with the initial theory.
0: Absolutely. And that's I've seen that as well. It's it's like we're going to break down what it means to be male or female, but then we're going to insist that there's some definite category that's based on some other kind of truth. And you have to adhere to that.
1: It's, it, it, is, it is strewn with inconsistencies and incoherence. But here's one of the other things about critical theory. It rejects enlightenment values including data evidence and reason itself so here's the catch so if you come along and you object to their theory on the basis that number one it doesn't make sense and Mm -hmm. number two the data doesn't support it instead of undermining the theory you are confirming yourself as one of those evil western people with privilege Mm -hmm. so you cannot combat the premise using evidence and reason that is a demonstration of the fact that you are not following the premise and therefore you are an outlier therefore you are bad then you are Mm -hmm. wrong Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and so it's 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 brilliant it's brilliant it it eliminates the objectors by definition and so instead of arguing about any particular policy you have to argue about the premises and undermine it at its foundation Mm -hmm. otherwise it wins by definition
0: well and it seems like it's very it's very slippery and oh, very like, like you say that it, it rejects reason it rejects data and it, anybody who criticizes it is, is called out for as being part of this other, it's like a false teaming sort of thing. But, yeah. Yeah. um, and so this is interesting. I don't know politically the, the categories don't make much sense to me anymore. I'm not. I'm not able to make sense of what it what does it even mean to be a liberal or a conservative at this point or 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 centrist or anything. I've been calling myself a centrist, but in the same in the last week I've been criticized as being a leftist apologist and a right wing clickbait site, you know. So I've just so I I don't I get it from both sides. I'm not enough of this so or too because, much of that.
1: That's because there aren't two sides. There's, for, okay. for, my, for yeah. my money, there are three. There are okay. three sides. Okay? okay. And and um the, th- the three sides are. So let me back up for a stage. One of the problems is this word liberal, mm-hmm. because it has come to mean two opposite things. Mm-hmm. The original meaning of liberal was somebody who believed in liberty.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So the, the liberal was the libertarian, as mm-hmm. we might now describe them. That's why we use the word, the, the label classical liberal as an original mm-hmm. liberal, right? as in the original meaning of the word. The other meaning of liberal is leftist, right. progressive, woke. Right. And and that's a completely yeah. different thing.
0: And I won't use the word liberal for that. I will call them leftists because I don't right. see that as being liberal at all.
1: I agree. I mm-hmm. agree. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I want the word back. Yeah, me too. Right. Uh, but the, so the three camps are the, the actual liberals, the, the classical mm-hmm. original liberals,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the progressive woke social justice folks,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the conservatives. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's a there's a teaming up of the conservatives and the real liberals, because they have a common opponent in Mm -hmm. the woke progressives. Mm -hmm. But but the liberals and conservatives don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. The Conservatives tend to believe in absolute truth, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: in absolute moral truth. I mean, Mm -hmm. they think they know what is best because. That best is based upon virtue and tradition and religion and uh, also assortment of things that they think they understand through generations of learning. Mm -hmm. The classical liberals or libertarians would be inclined to agree with the postmodernists in the sense that, well, even if there is a moral truth, you can't prove to me what it is and I can't prove it to you. So you have to leave me alone and let me decide for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. The, Mm -hmm. the, 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 The actual, the real liberal mantra is don't. Tell me what to do, uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: right? And so the 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 lip, the real liberals are the individualists. Uh-huh. They're the real liberty people. The conservatives, although at the moment they're liberty people because they're trying to fight against the tyranny of the progressives, they want their own order. Uh-huh. And so when they were in power once upon a time, they were the ones that enforced a conservative vision of society Mm -hmm. and so the woke progressives don't trust them and neither frankly do the real liberals because if the conservatives were in power they think well we just get more but different rules different Mm -hmm. rules from you than what we have right now but in the meantime the enemy of my enemy is my friend and so the liberals and the conservatives are working together to try and to try and overcome the tyranny of the of the woke But so I think of it in in three, the the liberals, the real liberals, the classical liberals are the individualists Mm -hmm. and the woke progressives and the conservatives Mm -hmm. are both in their own different ways. Collectivists.
0: Okay. Interesting. That's really interesting. Um, So when, when you talk about, and then that's helpful, that's really helpful to hear the categories described that way. Um, When when you talk about the, um, the critical theories infecting the universities, and I'm, I'm not sure if this made it in because I'm not sure if this was before the cut or not. Uh, right. You were talking sure. about how, for a while, it was the um, you know just the academics doing their own stuffy little dance, and right. and people were kind of leaving leaving them alone and letting them do their thing, and. Right. Uh, and thinking it can't harm anything you know it's just in it's in this bubble but now it's gotten out it's really infected everything it seems like it's infected everything all the way down the educational line like we've got this stuff in our elementary schools in our preschools even in some cases yep and i i guess it's just it's stunning to me that people can accept this way of thinking that other like i've i've described this before. I don't know if I don't want to belabor this or or make points that I've already made that might bore people, but I'm interested in your take on it. When I was in undergrad, I went to undergrad in the early 2000s, graduated in in 2008, and then went to law school. And then I took a break of about a decade, almost a decade before I went back to graduate school. And when I got to graduate school, it was like a completely different world. It just seemed like I I had, I went to a, a clinical psychology. Um, my, my undergrad, i got to take some master's classes in clinical psychology. Then I'm in a a clinical applied psychology program. And it's like a different landscape altogether. Like the, the things that we learned back in the early 2000s versus the things that are being taught now, it's directly contradictory. How can these same people teaching this stuff, how can they be informed by this, this older way of thinking? And then and hear themselves say the things that they're saying now. What what has happened? Do you have thoughts on that? What's going on?
1: Yeah, so it depends upon the person, right? So mm-hmm. not not they're not all true believers. Mm-hmm. And many of them are. M- many faculty and universities are true believers in the in the mindset, in the in the in the premise, in the agenda, in the critical theory doctrine. Mm-hmm. Many are not, but but people respond to their incentives. Mm-hmm. And there are not very many people in the universities today who would openly argue against, object to, um, push back on these ideas because it's it's you know for many people it'll be career suicide. Mm-hmm. And so, how many people are actually just playing along? Uh, it's hard hard to say. But mm-hmm. there are certainly a lot who actually do believe it, and. And it makes sense that they would, because especially for a younger generation of scholars, that's how they got to where they are, and it's mm-hmm. what they were taught themselves, mm-hmm. and and it is their view of the world, and it's partly why all our institutions have become infected with it, because universities graduated generations of students who've been taught this and mm-hmm. think that it must be true, and now populate governments and 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 media and school boards and. In schools, teacher colleges, and and so on, uh, corporate HR departments, uh, and so on, all down the line. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these are the people now who run society, and it's like a, it's a bit like a cult.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you
1: you you can't you can't just have a conversation with them and say, well, yeah, but these things are wrong because they they have nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what their brains are made of now. Mm-hmm. It's like the furniture in the room. And if you just clear out the furniture, that I mean there's nothing that's nothing else there. And these people are have been educated to do this job. And so if you take the job away, or if you undermine the 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 proposition, it's like, well, what else are they gonna do?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are so many of them now that it's not surprising that the that the whole culture is traveling down this road.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were all sleeping while the universities did this, and as you say, it's now. Not, it's not just university-age students, it starts at the very beginning.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's one of the most important things that any revolution tries to do, right? It tries mm-hmm. to take the kids so that when the kids come of age, they are totally convinced of the new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, The new way of thinking, the revolutionary way of thinking, the revolution is complete when the new way of thinking is simply the way people think. Mm-hmm. And that is the case with an awful lot of people now.
0: And so when you, when you say that it makes me think that the way that i think is so western and so so i guess it's, it's the western liberalism western in, enlightenment i can't see what if something is anti-western i can't see what it is pro what is it for what and what is the what is the ultimate truth in this whole ideology because it seems like maybe it's just because of my own bias and my own deeply embedded values but it seems anti-life to me
1: oh it is it is anti-life yeah and this is a very difficult thing to get one's head around and i I, you know there there are lots of different ways to approach the question you've just asked i think it's a very important question but here's one of the ways so um you know, this is this is this is linked to not exactly the same thing, but linked to this emergence of tra- transhumanism thinking. Yes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and transhumanism, on the one hand, is thought to be this—you know—the the 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 drive to to meld human and technology, mm-hmm. sort of a futuristic, pro-technology, progressive. Let's get on with the show, attitude. But it's also rooted in what some call, and I think I agree with them, what some would call a profound lack of faith or lack of meaning
3: mm-hmm.
1: in the material world. It's a it's a view of the world as purely material and an awful, awful place without a god, or if there is a god, then with an evil god. In other words, mm-hmm. there is no faith there that the universe is unfolding as it should, and therefore human beings must take it upon themselves to wipe out what exists and create their own paradise if we can but it's a very dark kind of of philosophy it it is it is anti-life in the sense of being against the kind of lives that we live now it's a condemnation of the present state of affairs and and the lack of any kind of faith in in the workings of nature or evolution or or Mm -hmm. god or anything else it's a it's a it's a reflection of a lack of meaning and so very self-destructive in that Mm -hmm. Mm
0: sense and that's and that's what you see underlying this this
1: in in good part so there's transhumanism there's Mm a critical theory stuff there's i mean i i I lay some of the blame at at early feminism Mm mm-hmm Ah, uh, because of the contradictory positions that it took.
0: Early feminism, interesting. Early,
1: well, sorry, not 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 very early feminism. So okay. not, not not first wave feminism. Okay. Not not the proposition that women like men should be entitled to the same rights and freedoms as everybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's a classical liberal notion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I would completely endorse that. Mm-hmm. But if you travel along not too far after that, even starting with maybe second wave feminism
3: okay
1: but i mean that's open to argument i i'm i'm not a scholar on these areas but but when we start with the proposition that women are simultaneously equal and special Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: that combination is deadly Mm -hmm. that's the combination that's now being played against them with the transgender agenda Mm -hmm. and so in in a way you know you reap what you sow right right you gotta choose between we're equal Or we're special, right? Because those two things don't go together. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And then the other one of the other major causes of this, I would call, is the uh, the the growth of the administrative state, which is a purely legal governance thing. But these things all come to to come coming together at the same civilizational moment and reinforcing each other. They're consistent with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's creating a real, uh, a real, a real hurricane of trouble.
0: Yeah I, I, I think I mean I hear the there's a lot of cultural rumblings around feminism right now. A lot of people are really upset about um, how how the feminists have created this monster right And I think that's it's it's really interesting to me. I've never followed the waves of feminism. I've never really been I've never really considered myself a feminist or not a feminist. I start from the same basic premise that you just, Raised, which is that I think we should all be seen as of equal value and have you know a right to have our opinions heard and have our choices, the same mm-hmm. men and women. but right. as far as as this idea that we're all the same and have the same capacities, I think that that's it's just it it's sort of this attempt to equalize it feels very collectivist, it feels. It, it, it you know, I think individuals are just very different. It's going to be different. There's a lot of variation within groups and between groups. And absolutely.
1: No question. No question. Well, so let's just talk about equality for a minute, mm, okay. because there there are two different than opposing notions of equality that that get confused and they're very different. So mm-hmm. the, the first is the one that you were just reflecting, which is everybody is equal under the law. Mm-hmm. entitled to equal treatment, entitled to the same rights and freedoms,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but are but simultaneously is are different from each other. I mean, everybody is different.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Every, you know, the sexes are different, but even individuals who are the same sex are different. They're different mm-hmm. in capacity. They're different in intelligence. They're different mm-hmm. in background. Everybody is different. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be treated equally by the law.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: That's the first notion. The second notion is everybody is equal in the sense that they are entitled to the same outcome as everybody else.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Those two things are incompatible. If mm-hmm. if if you if the law treats you equally as everybody else and everybody is different, that means that everybody is going to end up in a different place because they're different.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: If you insist that they end up in the same place, then that means the law cannot treat them the same. They must right. be treated differently to end up the same. Right. And that's the so, concept
0: of equity that's been embraced so broadly right now. We have that in this DEI. It's the central character in this, in this new exactly regime. So. And yeah. Right.
1: right. But but let's go back to feminism because mm-hmm. equity mm-hmm. is one of the products of that, that, that feminist theory. You mm-hmm. start, you start originally with feminism, with equality, the first mm-hmm. notion that we talked about, mm-hmm. but then it morphs into equity. Well, you know, women are disadvantaged, you know, pick your way, mm-hmm. and therefore we have to have special rules for women to bring them up to the level of accomplishment, or as you like, mm-hmm. as men. Okay, so mm-hmm. now we've morphed from equal treatment to equity,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and and that's the beginning of the end. Affirmative action. Affirmative action. Affirmative action is is the is the now we don't call it we don't call it in Canada affirmative action anymore. We call it things like employment equity. But it's okay. the same thing. Mm-hmm. It is it is treating people differently on the basis of their group identity. Mm-hmm. And and that that is that is one of the core notions of trouble that that results in all of this. So yeah, feminine not just feminism, but feminism included. So the other day I ran across just scrolling through Twitter as you do, and and there was a um, a clip of a Woman throwing the first pitch at a baseball, a major league baseball game.
3: Okay,
1: and I I took from the description that she was being honored for being the first woman to play NCAA baseball in a, in in the men's league. Oh, right. And I thought, well, well, where are all the feminist protesters? Huh. Because the feminist protesters are all protesting men swimming in the women's race in the pool.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And you know, it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. but hold on. It's okay. It's, it's not okay for the, for the man to be in the women's race in the pool, but it's okay for the women to be playing men's double, the NCAA baseball. And I thought, yep, there you go. That's the contradiction. The feminists or at least the portion of them believe that women should have the right to play in the men's league mm-hmm. but men should not have the right to be in the women's pool okay well you you get what you ask for that <laughs> that that is incoherent so make your choice either we're segregated because we're different as a as a group as groups
3: mm-hmm.
1: or it's open season and everybody should be able to to compete for any spot anywhere and the and, and a group of feminists still say, no, 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 equal but special. We you we can have we can have women's only gym clubs, but we cannot have men's only gym clubs. That's discrimination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, for goodness sakes, pick one. Pick could one.
0: It, I don't I, I won't I don't disagree with you, but just for argument's sake, yep. could it be that the because men are so physically dominant? that it's that if you get a a male athlete in a group of female athletes, the male athlete is going to dominate and it's just going to create a situation where he's going to win most of the time. And so that's unfair versus women being capable enough physically to actually compete on the professional level with men. That woman would be such an outlier and, and such a a special individual to be able to, to compete at that level, that it doesn't pose the same threat to that men's team that the man joining the women's team does. So could it be that, right. that, 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 that it's, that this would be an inclusion on the basis of something different than just, you know, let's let the, let's blur the lines. And I...
1: part, part of, part of, part of the danger is to think in terms of groups
3: mm-hmm.
1: instead of individuals.
3: Okay.
1: So let's try that at a, let's try that at the level of a, of a high school. Okay. Right. So there's a men's team and a, oh, sorry, a boys team and a girls team and mm-hmm. something, let's say soccer. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the proposition you've just suggested is, well, the, the the boys are too big and strong to play on the girls team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if there's a girl that is skilled enough to play in the boys team, they should, she, she should be allowed. Okay. So you have segregation, but not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So here's what you end up with. If these are teams of 15 people, you now have 16 places for girls and 14 places for boys. Mm -hmm. If there's a boy displaced from the the boys' team by this girl, why can't that boy try out for the girls' team? Well, because he's a boy, because he's bigger and stronger. Well, hold Mm -hmm. on, but he just got knocked off the boys' team by a Mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make sense. Either categorically, Men are bigger and stronger and more athletic than girls, Mm -hmm. or there's variation between individuals. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And if there's variation between individuals, well, then then we shouldn't be segregated. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So my objection is not either one. I mean, I'm okay with segregation, and I'm okay with open season. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm okay with having two teams that are open for tryouts for, for anybody, or I'm okay with a boys and a girls team. Mm -hmm. What I'm not okay with is an open team and a girl's team.
0: That makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems like right now with the, um, the transgender uh, issue in athletics, we have kind of an open team and a boy's team, generally speaking. Right,
1: right, right. Sure. Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But, but in order for, uh, in order for that objection to, to hold, we have to be very clear that it's actually, um, we we can't have women playing NCAA men's baseball.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I want I want to see the feminists object to the inclusion of women on men's teams and in men's spaces mm-hmm. before I believe in their objections to having men in the women's pool.
0: You'd like them to use their argument consistently. I would, and on principle. Yes, and and that so that comes back to the idea that with within the critical theories the arguments don't have any consistency. There's right. no coherency. There's no, um, there's no, they, they directly reject reason. So there's right. no rationality. And I, I hear people who, people that I work with and talk with that are afraid of, uh, they they want to give lip service to enough of the the leftist progressive agenda to not be rejected by it while right. criticizing it. So they want, they want very badly, oftentimes to people, people who are, are frustrated by critical theory in their own, in their own world, maybe at work or whatever this is, they want to be able to criticize it while staying close enough to it that they don't get rejected by it. So they don't want to be called a bigot or a white supremacist or a, or a, a transphobe or whatever it is. Yeah. They just want to raise their criticism. Right. And I, I keep coming back to there's no criticism that you can raise that won't get you labeled those things because any criticism automatically puts you all the way in the other camp. And you just have to get used to the fact that those labels are pretty meaningless now. Yep. They, they have been watered down to the point of, you know, it's, it's caricature. It doesn't mean what it used to mean, but I, I still see a lot of people very much wanting to avoid getting uh, canceled basically the cancel thing so what do you what are your thoughts on on that and what do you say to people in that
1: situation if you haven't been called a racist or a transphobe or the like yet then you've been hiding your light under a bushel probably or or or, or you've been compromised mm-hmm. um, there, there there really isn't a way to object to this agenda without challenging its premises and challenging its premises means that in their eyes, you're going to be one of those awful things. That's, that's, they've set it up so that that's what you are. You Mm -hmm. can't get away with doing, uh, with, with, with walking this fine line. Mm -hmm. They just, they won't let you do it. It's, it's, it's made so you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So you really have to, um, out yourself or stay hidden. Mm -hmm. I it it's, it's, I wouldn't recommend trying to 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 do the balance it's a a polarized world and Mm -hmm. polarized on purpose Mm -hmm. if you are one of those people who are inclined still to to believe in western values well then you've missed the point of the program Mm -hmm. and and there are there are an awful lot of people i would say I don't know. I don't know if it's most people, but there's a there's a very large proportion of people in the population who are in the situation you're describing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even people who are in, inside these institutions that are compromised and corrupted, but they don't know what to do mm-hmm. because the people who are powerful are enforcing the agenda.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, I don't have an easy answer for that. Uh, I, I do, though, think that that it's important to make a conscious choice in other words you have to be strategic and one of the first strategic decisions to make is whether or not you're going to be out or hidden
3: mm-hmm.
1: are you going to be out of the closet and be one of those people who who is willing to be identified as not on not on board mm-hmm. or are you or do you want to work on the inside Do you want to pretend to be one of them and do what you can in in you know as a subversive
0: is that is there any value in doing that at this point it seems to me that it's time that and, and i can't make a decision for any one individual because people have to make their own choices and they have their own circumstances and the the costs and the risks could be different for different people and i agree that you need to be strategic in your own life but it does seem to me that we're at a really critical point when it's gotten into our children's schools to the degree mm-hmm. that it's gotten where those of us who see this as a danger, it, it's incumbent upon us to stand up in mass and say no, or else yeah. it's too late. I mean, well, what, what do you
1: think? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I know that's I a think, big question. Sorry. I think if you could, I think if you could persuade everybody to do that, then yes, mm-hmm. but I don't think you are. Mm-hmm. Because people are still responding to their incentives and they're trying to protect their kids trying to preserve their position you know in the social hierarchy for their careers i mean a lot of a lot of powerful people so let's put it let's, let's back up a step it seems to be that the people who are pushing the woke agenda the hardest
3: mm-hmm.
1: are if i may use this term strange white people strange Strange white people, strange, okay. straight white people. Okay. Who are doing so to protect their place. They are they're they are going with the agenda to protect themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and 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 th- those people are the most dangerous. The most dangerous people are the people in authority mm-hmm. who have not been touched. And they've been able to be not touched by mouthing and enforcing these ideas. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And the question is whether or not you can rally the the masses to say no. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that you can. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that it would make a difference anyway, because the powerful control society. Now, maybe, maybe. But here's another way of looking at it. Mm this philosophy has a, a negative polarity in the sense that it's almost designed to produce objection so that the objectors can be attacked. Mm-hmm. That's actually what they want you to do. So they can demonstrate your, your, your racism or mm-hmm. your trans
2: mm-hmm.
1: phobia, or as the mm-hmm. case may be, it's about conflict. It's about conflict. It is about mm-hmm. that. Conflict is what they're about. Mm-hmm. And it works as long as the conflict is between, uh, you know, th- them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the adherence to the, to the theory, and, you know, the, the the Western bigots. As long as they have an enemy, then the thing holds together. It starts to break apart when the enemy is within. And one of the very best things to have seen in the past little while is the fight between the feminists and the transgender activists hmm. that is terrific
3: hmm.
1: because those are people that who are inside the camp
3: mm-hmm.
1: or another example the 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 muslim parents mm-hmm. protesting the transgender curriculum at their schools mm-hmm. that is terrific that's what you want because mm-hmm. that confuses them like but hold on but but but, mm-hmm. but, 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 but wait, wait wait but we're for you and we're for you too but mm-hmm. how, don't fight mm-hmm. without recognizing or or perhaps not wanting to acknowledge that those uh agendas for those two different groups are in fact in complete polar opposition. Mm. So one of the possible strategies here is for for you know the 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 straight white Christian objectors just to disappear hmm. and let them fight inside and let the thing implode. Hmm. And I, I don't I don't know if that's practical either. It's really interesting. And, no, and nobody nobody can arrange this. Nobody has mm-hmm. control of it. So it has to be organic. And so it's not gonna happen that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's at least a a strategic proposition. It's like
0: martial arts like using its own force against itself.
1: I I call it I call it you're exactly right. I, I put it this way. I say, don't box do judo. (laughs) Don't trade blow for blow. Use their strength against themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So it's sort of like they'll, they'll, um, cannibalize themselves given enough, given enough time.
1: Well, you know that the thing will collapse eventually Mm -hmm. because doesn't make sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You you can't carry on. But the question is, how soon will that be? And it might be a very long time.
0: So then the people who are sitting around, uh, or I guess sitting around isn't the right word, but sitting in it, and not sure if they should speak up or, or protest it in their own way, whatever that looks like, or if they should wait it out. Maybe there is some wisdom to the waiting it out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I can't decide because the, the, the protesting, you know, sometimes does appear to be having an effect. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I but, think but, that through having yeah. conversations about these things, it lessens the sting of the labeling and the being camped with, you know, put into the other camp. You see people talking about these issues and talking about it reasonably, not right. react, not being reactionary. Well, but there's no, but being there's reasonable. no real way
1: to talk about this recently though. No, so there's, 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 there's There's no compromise in this.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, reasonably in terms of like the conversation that we're having right now where we're talking about this, but we're not we're not having a reaction to it necessarily. We're having a a discussion about it. And so that's that's it it seems to me being able to being able to criticize it. Without fear of the, you know, they're going to call me a white supremacist, and I'm going to be labeled over here. You know, oh, just being able to happen. openly that's talk. That's They've already help. called me that.
1: <laughs> I don't oh, care well. anymore. So listen, take, take it, take it, take it as a compliment.
0: Yeah. Um, I, well, you know, I, when I, it happened to me, I was because I put out an eight-minute video criticizing this counseling program for for right. doing these things, and right. their response was to sure. issue a bulletin to the entire student body except for me calling sure. me a white supremacist. And I thought at the time it was just like, well, you've wrapped up my, you've wrapped up my argument with a bow because you've just <laughs> demonstrated that right. reasonable objections to this are
1: met with slander. So. That's exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. But that's, but, that, but that's why there's no. Coming into the, to the middle. There's no compromise, yeah. in the middle, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't mean that you can't have civil conversations with people mm-hmm. about it and try mm-hmm. Each of you to try to persuade the other you know of course mm-hmm. i mean we don't want violence we want conversation mm-hmm. we want we want um dialogue but but in terms of the positions mm-hmm. of the camps
3: mm-hmm.
1: there's no middle ground mm-hmm. you you like going back to the equality idea you can't have both equity and equal treatment yeah. those two things are contradictory you got to pick one mm-hmm. and if you're insisting upon equity then you are against equal treatment under the law
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is not a thing that, right. that we can compromise on.
0: Right. Yeah, they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. So coming back to, you know, the when we first began this conversation, and I said that so many people don't seem to see COVID measures in the same way that they see the the, the critical theory stuff. I I definitely have seen the same level of inconsistency there. And one of the things that really surprised me when we were going through the COVID thing and we started with the lockdowns, and the masks and all this stuff. Mm. Uh, we have, um, I live in Washington state and our governor seemed like a pretty, to me, he, I didn't think much of him. I didn't think either way about him. He always seemed pretty reasonable to me when I, I, I had voted for him before Democrat, you know, um, left wing. And I'd not really questioned his policies until I saw the guy standing there saying things that I'm I'm like, you're a smart man and you must know that the things that you're saying make zero sense. Why are you saying these things? And why, I thought, he, for, at first I was just stunned to see a, an intelligent person making arguments that just, they were so full of holes, like right. the support for the masks, the support for the, this this vaccine thing. Anyway, I just- I was completely shocked and I thought he must, he's, he must be committing career suicide. There's going to be a reckoning on the other end of this. Right. But then this, this just happened everywhere. It happened all over the place. So one thing I wondered is what is, what incentivizes these people to, to do this? What are they afraid? Is there some kind of, uh, you know, behind the scenes they got threatened. If you don't support these measures, you're out on your ear, you're we're gonna or, or is there some are they making a lot of money off of it? What, what in the world could incentivize someone whose entire reputation is built around seeming like a very reasonable insane person to, to stand up and spout such insanity that any intelligent person can see right through? Or, or am I just way off with my thinking on this?
1: Well, but it might actually be the reverse. Okay. In the sense that what he did protected his career. If he'd come out and said things that were sensible, like challenging the mask mandates, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. he would have been deposed. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Because a lot of the people who are powerful inside the institutions are the people that we're talking about.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: This is is one of the things about about those of us who just want to live and be left alone. Mm-hmm. We don't want to interfere with other people. Mm-hmm. All the all the people who are who are who tend to be inside the institutions in roles where they're making rules for people, those are the people who want to be doing that. They're the busybodies. Mm-hmm. And the busybodies want to be busybodies and they want their 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 officials mm-hmm. to be busybodies. And if you get a person at the top who says, well, no, 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 you just, you let people alone. We're not doing this. (laughs) Then they're suddenly going to be in a lot of trouble from all of the individuals below them who think, you know, this is, this is crazy. We have to, we have to do this. We have to save these people. We Mm -hmm. have to make people do this. We don't put people at risk. Even if it's not true, even Mm -hmm. if the risk is, is a, is a phantom, Mm -hmm. or even if the measures don't work. One of the biggest errors that I think that people like you and me made during COVID was to argue that the measures weren't effective. You know, by the way, the masks don't work. You know, Mm -hmm. by the way, the the vaccines uh, carry more risk than benefit for Mm -hmm. most people. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, by the way, lockdowns are going to cause more harm than good. I mean, Mm -hmm. all those things are Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. All those things are true. But what we're essentially saying is, the policies are wrong because they're not effective. And by implication, what we're saying is if the policies were effective, it mm-hmm. would be okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And instead, I think the argument should have been, doesn't matter if they work or not. We are free people. You can't mm-hmm. do this under mm-hmm. any circumstances. I will decide whether to take a vaccine or not. Right. I don't care if the vaccine works. I don't care if it's safe or not. Right. I don't care if it's been tested properly or not. Mind your own business, mm-hmm. and and so all the arguments about the efficacy of the measures—that's
3: mm-hmm. uh, just as mudslinging. As, as, at that as point. they are,
1: they're they're in, they're endorsing this way of governing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're just getting into their argument. You're just you're just, you're, you're playing, just their, their you're playing their by their rules, playing their game. Yeah, they're
1: playing their game. I yeah.
0: it's so you're suggesting also that there's a selection bias in terms of temperament or ph- philosophy philosophy values so you would actually have different people running the bureaucracy then yeah okay that's really
1: interesting and that right. i've
0: never thought about that
1: before but that's yeah. it's one reason why point. we have such a such a huge administrative state yeah. mm-hmm. we have we have the nanny state and it's it's i mean this all seemed to be a sudden covid thing right because mm-hmm. suddenly the state was running everything they could tell you you know whether you could open your business, whether you could walk across mm-hmm. the park, whether you could have a job, whether you could do this and do that. I mean, they were running the show and it seemed like mm-hmm. overnight, but mm-hmm. it's not overnight. This has been the trend for decades, decades. It just sort of come, came to a head. Mm-hmm. And people people have put the question this way, you know, what, why why was it that the government failed so badly during COVID?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, one of the ways to answer that question is to say, it didn't fail. Mm-hmm as far as the state is concerned, they succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. That's
0: what I would say. It seems like a, a crazy
1: success for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that success has nothing to do with the outcomes mm-hmm. on COVID. It mm-hmm. has all, everything to do with the degree of control it managed Power to grab. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And and going back to your question about the, 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 the governor, was it the governor or the mayor that you mentioned? The governor, yeah. Governor, right. Mm-hmm. So, well that person is the head of the administrative state in his state. Mm-hmm. And so the success of the state and taking control in, of COVID is one of the ways that, I don't know, I don't know his, how his brain works. I don't know what he actually mm-hmm. thinks, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's a measure of success or failure. And so, you know, he's not going to be, it's not going to be in his, in his interests probably mm-hmm. to take the entity that he is in control of and roll it back but rather the reverse. Mm-hmm. So even if the words coming out of his mouth don't seem to make a lot of sense because there's an audience for them mm-hmm. and because it serves the purpose of the institution that he runs. You know, it it, it, it in a different kind of way it makes complete sense.
0: Mm-hmm. It does it does but it's very machiavellian and it's very oh, yeah. it's, it's psychopathic it seems like to manipulate these couple of variables and just and just act as if Human society can be restructured along such simple little lines, without regard for the obvious fallout that's going to occur. That's so predictable that it would harm people in numerous ways for long, a long time going forward, and hurt people beyond belief, hurt families and and individuals yes and livelihoods and yes. the economy and small businesses and just all the things that it was going to hurt it just seemed right. so obvious from the outset that that this was going to have these effects and and for these people to just unilaterally make these decisions for everybody just uh, just seems like pure evil
1: yeah i think i think you're reflecting the so if there's any silver lining as i've been saying during COVID, mm-hmm. it's the fact that for a lot of people, uh, the curtain was pulled, pulled back
3: mm-hmm.
1: on, on the way our governance systems actually work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's an awful lot of goodwill amongst people in general about mm-hmm. the faith they put in uh, towards their governments and their officials and mm-hmm. their school boards and all the people who are in charge of things. Mm-hmm. They they believe that those people are acting in good faith and that the system makes a kind of sense and that there is justice in the world mm-hmm. and the legal system works in a certain way. And we've discovered during COVID that that's actually not really true. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest obstacles, I think, in this are is 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 people getting over their own. Belief. The greatest obstacle is uh, is our disbelief in seeing what has happened and mm-hmm. understanding what it means, and requiring them to abandon their their naivety, if you like.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There's, mm-hmm. there's some the, some people are naive about the idea that people are working rowing all in the same direction for the common good. That's what they claim to be doing,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm common good is one of those things like beauty it exists in the eye of the beholder and you can define it any way you like if you have control Hmm. and every policy is working in the interest of somebody you just have to figure out who it is so it's a it's a difficult dark thing to accept but i think it would be a good thing if if people got up to speed about how things really worked Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything right now that gives you optimism that we're going to come through this in a positive way or, or, and, and what would that even look like?
1: Yeah. it's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know, but the, but the, but the good signs are that there are more and more people. Well, having these kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. And you can tell by talking to people that even those people who are hiding,
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of them actually don't agree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's a question of whether or not there's going to be a, a critical mass of people who affect the the prevailing public opinion enough so that this just won't be acceptable anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or whether or not people will, so for example, in my country, mm-hmm. We've elected a federal government multiple times over mm-hmm. that are that is totally on board with this kind of agenda. Mm-hmm. Completely. I mean, that's that's what they are.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. it's not entirely certain whether or not they might win again. Mm. And you know, that's a reflection of the fact that this critical mass of people that I'm referring to just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There may not be a silent majority. Mm-hmm. It might be a silent proportion, but the portion is not big enough to be a majority. And you probably don't even need a majority majority, but you need mm-hmm. a big enough mass so that the thing becomes not acceptable anymore. I'm not I'm not sure that we're there. So on the hopeful side, I mean, there are a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Question is whether or not there are enough and mm-hmm. enough of us with the the. With the daring to come out and say so out loud. hmm. Mm -hmm. and that reflects back on the strategies that we talked about but i don't know which of those is best but but Mm -hmm. bottom line for me is for people who are in this conundrum and don't know what to do Mm -hmm. first step is for me i would think make a conscious decision to either be out or to hide Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and then calculate your next steps accordingly strategically but, but if you decide to hide, don't just hide and forget about it. Like, mm-hmm. hide with purpose so that you can, you know, uh, fight on the inside. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to come out and speak clearly, well, then do it and don't mm-hmm. hide and be willing to be called anything under the sun. But don't be in, don't be in no man's land. Mm-hmm. Don't be sort of one thing or the other. That will cancel you and make you ineffective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you've got to be conscious about this.
0: So be intentional. Stop waffling. Intentional. Either hide with intention or come on out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really good advice. Uh, and I I think it's interesting to reframe things a little bit in terms of watching the thing implode on itself. I think that would... It, so it sort of changes the picture from overturning something and using a lot of counterforce to push back against something to just being prepared to sweep up the the mess after the thing tears well, even, itself apart.
1: Even if the strategy is to make it implode, mm-hmm. I mean, there's still going to be a lot of picking up required afterwards. Right. And, and, and that, that itself requires preparation, requires preservation of certain things so that, mm-hmm. and we don't know how this is going to go. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, this thing might implode tomorrow.
0: Well, this is what I've thought about with the gender thing, right. for instance, is like the gender thing seems like it's I'm watching that the arc of this play out and we've got all these detransitioners coming out and all these these really intelligent um, pr- uh, practitioners saying, uh, wh why are we doing this with these kids? So I feel like we're we're going to my prediction is that we're going to watch this go full circle and there's going to be a backlash against the transition that's been happening in minors, at least. And, maybe, but maybe. and well i hope yeah and that's my this is just my prediction maybe it's an overly optimistic one but i feel like we're going to watch this happen over the next several years maybe decade maybe five i don't know and but even after that even if i'm right and I have there's an optimistic this turns around and we stop mm-hmm. we get we get a hold of ourselves culturally mm-hmm. we still have an entire generation of kids that has been impacted by this ideology to such an extent that this whole gen this is going to scar this generation as they move forward and it's ripples are going to go on for, for some time, even, even if we come to a satisfying conclusion of this
1: uh, over that. So, but this is, but this is, but this is is the bait and switch,
0: Mm.
1: right? So it's very possible that this particular thing will go as you're describing, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, COVID itself is now fading away. Mm right? The, the, you know, the mandate rules and so on are, are gone mostly. Mm-hmm. And, and and so, but, but the lessons has not been learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and the next campaign is sort of already being prepared. I don't know mm-hmm. what's the next pandemic or the, or climate mm-hmm. change or whatever it mm-hmm. is, but the, mm-hmm. but the precedent has been embraced. Right. Right. And, and the transgender thing. So let's just play this out. Mm-hmm. So, So if we accept the proposition that the transgender thing is both a part of this larger idea Mm -hmm. and also connected to a transhumanist kind of agenda. Mm -hmm. So so you, you take a generation of kids, you make them a a portion of them sterile. Mm -hmm. They can't reproduce. So what does that mean for the future? Well, that means that the the, the rate of reproduction goes down. Mm -hmm. That means, uh, requirement for more immigration, but perhaps in the transhumanist sense, more of an impetus to invent a way to reproduce in an unnatural Mm way. Like Brave New World, right? Brave New World because of the damage that we did to transgendered kids. But that's good because now we're taking nature into our own hands. Mm -hmm. And we have to do this, of course, because we need to reproduce. Right? This this serves the agenda. It's Mm -hmm. not contrary Mm -hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of this is about creating problems mm-hmm. that they can then solve mm-hmm. with the with the philosophies and the strategies that they are embracing all the way along. Problem so reaction solution. One, just because you win yeah. one doesn't mean you actually won. That mm-hmm. that win might actually be a loss.
0: So then what's the what is the lesson and what is the what is the proper way to conceptualize these things if that's not it?
1: uh it is to always if you, if you if you're going to be one of these people who are who are out who mm-hmm. are transparent and mm-hmm. and 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 um sort of bold in your objection then you have to attack the foundation you can't okay. you can't just attack this issue or that issue because those are there for you to attack
0: yes that's like you said playing their game
1: playing their game mm-hmm. you have to you have to attack the foundation of the whole program okay and, and, and as I say, you know, this might implode tomorrow, or on the other hand, you know, it, it might rule for a thousand years. Who's mm-hmm. to know. But in the meantime, in what other choice do you have? Mm-hmm. If you're inclined not to want to hide, then you might as well get out there and, and, and say what you think and say what you know is true because the alternative is terrible.
3: hmm
0: so how do you attack? So the, the transgender agenda, how do you transhumanism? How do you attack the foundation of that without playing without getting into the nitty gritty?
1: Well, I'm not saying you stay away from the nitty gritty, but you, you relate the nitty gritty to the big ideas. OK, right. So so I mean, one one um, approach like in COVID is mm-hmm. to attack transgenderism for its effects. And that's entirely valid. I mean, mm-hmm. the effects are terrible. Right. Upon the individuals that you're doing it to. Right. Just like the effects of you know the COVID measures were terrible upon the individuals that suffered them. Mm-hmm. But you have to do the other one too, which is to say, regardless of whether or not it works out,
3: mm-hmm.
1: still wrong. These are minors.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They have no capacity to consent.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You wouldn't allow them to get a a, a tattoo
0: mm-hmm.
1: at nine years old. Right. Because You can't reverse it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you're allowing them to change their gender right it doesn't matter if it works out for them or not Mm -hmm. it it is not something that you are allowed to do to them period Mm -hmm. and if you want to go deeper than that you can start having the 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 faith fight or the or the or the meaning fight or the Mm -hmm. nature fight which is that girl is a girl and and you know you will and you will not change her or try to change her into something else because that is that is her, her god given right to be who she is and who she is has meaning and and sorry it's out, out of bounds we won't let you do it
0: so if if it's the school saying this or or the or medical professionals or somebody saying this these things or or participating in these interventions for on behalf of children then it's easy to argue from a family's rights or a parents' rights standpoint but if it's the parents doing it then who enforces against the parents that comes back so, uh, to the state good and question. so do we use yeah. state power to enforce this or do we use the power of, of morals and what 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 do we use as our backdrop for this
1: yeah yeah a good question well i mean the the law is in flux right mm-hmm. so i mean i wish there were um, dependable legal principles to allow us to use the state for these purposes, and sometimes it's possible. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
1: but in terms of in terms of the ideas, I mean, those ideal legal principles come from the same place as the other argument, which is, you know, uh, liberty, independence, individual autonomy, and so on. There mm-hmm. are some, I mean, if, if you're fighting between the state and the parents, if the mm-hmm. parents are saying no and the state saying the medical, medical authorities and so on are saying yes, well then, of course, the parents should get their way because mm-hmm. they're the ones
0: the closest to the consequences. Closest to the
1: person and they yeah, are the ones the who should be, should be able to make the important decisions for the mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. But in the scenario that you're talking about, if you have a nine-year-old mm-hmm. whose parents want to, you know, change her into something else, well, mm-hmm. okay, so that child although they're not able to make decisions yet is still an individual and so there is going to be a certain point where even even the parents i mean we do draw these lines mm-hmm. the parents are not allowed to take a child and lock them in the cellar right and not feed them and starve them to death
3: mm-hmm. i mean
1: they're the parents that's the kid mm-hmm. that's the relationship they have it's the parents that decide first and foremost but not without any limits mm-hmm. because you you can't you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't cross that line and physically right. abuse violate that child, person's right? rights. I would put this in the same category mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're cutting off pieces of the child. What's the difference between that and and actual abuse
3: mm-hmm.
1: that is actual abuse,
3: mm-hmm.
1: even if it's, you know, legitimized by, you know, medical authorities, one of the things we have to get over is the idea of deferring to authority.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that's a that's a large ask for people who live in a civilization that's that's built upon authority. Mm-hmm. I mean, we defer to all kinds of authorities, mm-hmm. especially our own doctors. And our, our own doctors, for the most part, of course, differs from doctor to doctor. But a lot of our doctors approve of that system too. They like mm-hmm. having authority. It's mm-hmm. the source of their status and their income and their
3: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know expertise and 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 such. We have to change that model. I mean, do, for my money, doctors and lawyers and psychologists and all of the, all of the professions are supposed to be coaches and coaches mm-hmm. only who provide advice mm-hmm. and suggestions. Mm-hmm. And then each of us supposed to make our own decision. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way a lot of people want it because that gives them too much responsibility to make decisions and think things through and to research stuff and to have an o- their own idea about how things work. Mm-hmm. So they don't want it. Mm-hmm. That's what got us into this. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're relying upon authorities to tell you what what medicine to take for a problem, then you'd be more inclined to agree that your nine-year-old daughter maybe should be transitioned to a, to a boy. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they are not that kind of authority. Mm-hmm. And they especially are not a moral authority on anything. That is not their area of expertise. Mm-hmm. If if nobody can prove that a moral view is the one right one, that means there are no moral authorities. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to make your own call.
0: It comes back to the individual. Yep. Well, I think that that's probably a good place to leave it because I think that's so well expressed and I agree i I really love how you how you said that, and I agree that we put too much weight on authority um and then that that there is an untangling and almost a deinstitutionalization of the mind that needs to happen in order to come
1: through this that's a that's a great way to put it yes absolutely yeah.
0: is there any uh do you have any recommendations or links that you'd like to provide or places where people can follow the work that you've been doing?
1: Sure I'd love to yes yeah, so so uh, I'm working with uh, the think tank uh, we call Rights Probe, and our website is rightsprobe.org. And uh, most of the work that I'm doing there is 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 posted in, in that location. So thank you for asking.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Bruce. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, and I'm grateful that you took the time to have this conversation.
1: Oh, thank you, Leslie. It was a real pleasure. Cheers. Thanks.